0: Most people say once a cheater, always a cheater, or once an addict, always an addict, or once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. We may be prone to wander, prone to certain acts of sin based on our sin natures, but God, but God, he says something different about someone you love who's hurt you, and I'm here today to help you decipher and discern whether someone you love is being hypocritical or if they've had a holy transformation and truly changed. So go grab your coffee and get ready, because here we go. This isn't a game of ding-dong ditch, and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit-up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me welcome to the jar podcast with your host lydia certified teacher homeschool boy mom oh lord help me and marriage ministry leader bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness together each week we'll discuss our struggles pain and shame we'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger more confident and rooted in our identity in christ so move your pile of laundry over Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. As with a lot of my episode content, I get a lot of it from time in prayer and, you know, discussions with my friends or time in the word with with God. But sometimes I get content from my conversations with my kids or from our homeschool curriculum and specifically our Bible lessons. And this one was no different. We were talking about uh, Peter and his story and, and kind of his blunders as a disciple and the way that God still ended up using him in a really, really big way. So the other day, we were reading from Acts 3, which I'll read some bits and pieces from here in a minute, but we were talking about the irony of Peter when he was at the temple gate walking in for the the typical 3 p.m. prayer time and this was after Jesus had uh, died risen and ascended back into heaven and Peter and the disciples had just come out of the um, the upper room where the Holy Spirit had, had descended on them and they're walking in and they see this man who is a paralytic he's been that way his whole life and he's been begging at this gate for probably as long as he could speak and most people have walked by him at least three times a day as the Jewish people would go to this temple to pray three times a day so they probably knew him knew of him heard him begging and Peter stops and heals the man and I'll read that portion in just a second but after he he heals him inside the temple once everyone's kind of gathered around and noticed like hey this is the guy who's been paralyzed for his whole life and he's literally jumping and running immediately healed also really cool point there but Peter said three times to the people standing around I'm going to read straight from chapter three here it says "Uh, Peter saw this opportunity this is verse 12 from Acts chapter 3 Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we hadn't made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. That's one. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. That's two. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. That's three. So notice Peter called these people out three times for something that they did. And the irony of this is that when the boys and I were talking, Peter was just called out not that long before that. He was called out by Jesus himself after he had denied Jesus three times. And so the, the journal prompt that I gave my boys was to think about why did Peter say that three times? Why did he address these people and basically repeat the same question three different times? And why is that so ironic considering what Peter had just gone through with Jesus himself? Peter had just done the same thing. He had just denied Jesus too. And here he is telling these people that they denied him, that they are the ones that killed him and crucified him. Getting to the point of this, it is really difficult for people to change and for people to believe that someone has truly changed from the inside out, especially after hurting people that they love. And what I love about Peter's story is that he truly loved Jesus Anytime that Jesus was talking about the future and how, how he was going to die and how he was going to be killed or taken. Peter would always quickly and boldly say something like, well, I'll be right there with you or I'm coming with you or these guys can't take you. I'm going to chop this guy's ear off. He was impulsive and bold, but he loved Jesus, which is why when Jesus came onto the shore where Peter was out fishing again, kind of just going back to his life after Jesus had died and risen again, thinking, well, what am I supposed to do now? I just denied Jesus three times and now I guess I'll just go back to fishing and whatever. And then Jesus comes on the shore, calls them to the shore breaks bread with them and eats the fish that have caught and basically asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? And actually, he doesn't say Peter. Let me go back and find it, Um, because this was another lesson that we had the other day, which was kind of leading up to it. This is in, well, I'm not exactly sure where it was, but shortly before this, Peter was on the shore eating with Jesus, and Jesus looks at him and calls him by his old name. He said, Simon, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, I love you, God. And he says, Simon, do you love me? At this point, Peter's probably like, I just said I love you. (laughs) And for the third time, Jesus says, Simon, do you love me? And at this point, Peter might be thinking, wait a second, why are you using my old name? That's not who I am anymore. Because Jesus had given him a new name and was reminding him who he used to be and who he's not anymore. He's not... Simon, the blundering, bold, impulsive speaker, his, his gifts of speaking boldly are about to be used in a new way. He's been transformed. And so Peter is a new creation in Christ Jesus where before he may have made mistakes and hurt people, including the ones he loved the most, with his boldness, Jesus gives him a new name, gives him a new identity in him and says, "You're going to go feed my sheep. You're going to go be the rock of my church with this new name, Peter, the rock." Kind of applying this to to our lives. Whether you're the one that's hurt people and you've changed and people are having a hard time believing it, I've been there. Or whether someone you love has hurt you even repeatedly, like Peter, hurt Jesus that way and you're having a hard time believing that they've changed you know they they may be changing and you think okay well I'm just going to kind of wait back here and see if they've really changed or not I'm not I'm not so sure you know when we have our walls up our guard is up we're thinking I don't want to get hurt again so I don't really think that anyone can change or once this always this just like the world says right and for some, that's probably true. But how do you really tell the difference? How do you know whether someone's really changed or not? And kind of a disclaimer here, only God knows the heart. Man looks at the outside and God looks at the heart. And he, he, he ultimately is the one that's going to be able to tell if someone's faking it or if they've truly changed. And, you know, you may not ever truly honestly know because people are people and sinful and may fall back into things or they may make more mistakes. And so part of that is just releasing that to God and moving forward in a healed relationship with this person or towards healing with this person. But I have four things here, four ways that you can kind of help to decipher if someone's just being hypocritical or if they've experienced a holy transformation. So the first thing is honesty. Honesty. Peter had to get honest with Jesus when he denied him three times and when Jesus asked him if he loved him three times, Jesus called Peter out and he wasn't afraid to do that. And Peter had to face kind of the ugly truth. Hey, you just screwed up. You just denied me three times and I predicted you would do that. I told you you were about to do that and then you went and did it. And Peter felt badly. And he had to face the ugly truth about himself. And kind of just imagine how embarrassing that is. Peter goes in the Garden of Gethsemane when the soldiers come to get Jesus. Peter goes and tries to attempt to chop this guy's head off, misses and just chops his ear off, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Picks up the ear, puts it back on the guy and heals him, and then Peter's left there probably thinking like, shoot, that was dumb of me. Or, you know, I I missed and now I look like an idiot. (laughs) And all along the way, Peter's kind of had to admit, like, I don't have the strength to walk on water by myself. I can't come to Jesus' rescue and defend him the way that I really want to. I feel strongly. I really want to. But I keep failing. How many of you have been there? I've been there. You know, your intentions are really good. And you really want to show someone you love them. But you just keep screwing up. You just keep failing them repeatedly. Or maybe they've failed you repeatedly when they've said these nice things and they've told you what you wanna hear or they've made you promises and they've broken them. Have you loved someone or do you love someone that's done that to you? Probably, you're probably nodding along with me or raising your hand or saying, yep, me right here, that's me. Or that's so and so, yep, they've done that to me. And maybe you're even bitter about it. So the first thing here is honesty. Is the person or you admitting, is the person you love admitting the ugly truth? Is someone in their life like you or someone else able to speak the truth, the honest, ugly truth to them in love and, and point out these errors and point out the ways that they've hurt you or hurt someone? If it's you, are you, are you able to be honest with yourself and with God? And with that person or those people? Are you able to admit it? Or do you skirt around the truth and try to pretend or deny or justify? That's step one. The second one kind of follows it. When you are honest, it's kind of like standing in front of a crowd naked. I mean, you are not humiliated, but walking in humility. Peter didn't argue back when Jesus told him, you denied me three times. He instantly knew what he'd done. He didn't argue back. He didn't sweep something under the rug or pretend or turn his back or justify. The emotion kind of swept over him and he had a a contrite heart like it talks about in Psalm 51. He had probably had tears in his eyes or his face turned all red and he probably wanted to run and hide but he was brought to this place of humility that allowed him to see his sin or see his tendencies for what they really were and see his track record of failures and how incapable he was of changing himself Him by himself. He wasn't able to change as badly as he wanted to do the right thing. He kept screwing up when he relied on his own strength. And so do you. And so does the person you love. Humility is a key factor here that's going to help you know and decipher whether someone truly means the change that they say they've made if they continue to justify something that they're doing then that's not a heart transformation that's not a holy transformation that's hypocrisy that's hypocritical if if you or they continue to talk about how much they've changed and yet and yet they are not willing to admit something There's still an issue of pride there, and there's not humility in their heart. So honesty is the first thing, and humility is the second thing. The third thing is the Holy Spirit encounter. And I like to think about several different stories in the Bible here, one of them being when Jesus called the disciples and gave, gave, you know, specifically since we're talking about Peter, gave Simon the, the name Peter. He started calling him by a different name, and that was Jesus, and with the whole power of the Holy Spirit, changing who he was in advance. Because Peter wasn't who he was at that point necessarily, but he was already being called by a new name, already being transformed in that transition of being transformed. And then, when the Holy Spirit came upon him in Acts one eight, he then had the power to be fully transformed. So he had to walk the journey of being honest and walking in humility, and experiencing the Holy Spirit encounter. And I like to think about the journey from Saul to Paul, and how Saul, I mean, talk about what looked hypocritical, Saul, the, the persecutor of persecutors of the Christians, encountering God in such a, a flash of lightning, that knocked him off his horse made him go blind for three days and have to be humble and and go to someone to be healed and be kind of forced into being um humble and and facing the ugly truth of of what he was doing and who he was and being honest that holy spirit encounter was the end of one journey and the start of a new the end of the the old hymn and the start of the the new version of him with the name change to Paul. There's a saying that I don't know who said it. I'm looking in this book right now that I've I've been reading and I'm going to quote something from it here in a minute, but uh, it's in here somewhere. But anyway, whoever first said this um, was talking about the difference between a fool and a wise man and how In the dark, when lightning strikes, the fool looks up at the lightning bolt and can't see where he's going because it's so bright. The wise man looks at the path illuminated before him with the light that strikes. You know, lightning is is intense and it's dangerous and it's associated with disturbance and storms. But that light can illuminate the dark and the path before you and that experience that Saul had illuminated a brand new path for him. That encounter with God and Jesus the Holy Spirit changed who he was and eventually illuminated the fact that he used to be this way and persecute Christians and now he would be in charge and charged to lead them. And he wrote so much of the New Testament and made a and is continuing to make a difference in people's lives today for us who, who are reading those books God is still working through that life that used to end lives who followed Christ and so I know Paul probably faced so many skeptical you know eyeballs and whispers and pointing of fingers like that's the guy that just killed a bunch of Christians and he's over here doing this I don't believe it I don't believe it I don't believe it tons of people probably he knew he was known people knew who he was he was infamous he was known but now he's known for something else and now he's used in the opposite way to bring glory and honor to God's name just like Peter when he healed the paralytic it wasn't in his strength anymore he said no 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 no. what is so surprising about this why do you stare at us as though we had made this man walk for it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the same Jesus. And then he goes on to say those things three times. Peter, who used to point to himself, now points to Jesus. So first is honesty. Second is humility. Third is a Holy Spirit encounter. And really, unless you've walked through it, you might not understand when someone has, it, has had such a, an experience with the Holy Spirit. And really, you're not the judge of that. God is. But if you yourself have been transformed by the Holy Spirit, you know it. Deep in your bones, you know it. Way down deep in your soul, you have met Jesus at your lowest low. For me, it was on a bathroom floor, vomiting into a toilet because I couldn't keep food down because of the issues in our marriage that led to our separation and divorce papers and almost divorce. The Holy Spirit grabs hold of you and changes you. And when you've met him there, you know. And don't doubt that. If someone you love has walked through something like that and either you witnessed it or they're they're telling you about it, give them a chance and believe them. The fourth thing here is heart work. And this is where I'm going to pull in a quote from a book that I'm reading called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson. Um, One of my friends who's also a pastor at our church, he quoted something from this book, and I was like, I need that book, so I ordered it. So I'm just going to read a couple things from here, and it has to do with repentance. So the fourth way that you can know if someone you love is being hypocritical or has walked through a holy transformation is the heart work that they've done a matter of repenting from their sins, what repentance really is and what it looks like. And so that's what we're going to look at here. Um, I'm going to start with this quote on the very first page. Just kidding. The first page of the second chapter. (laughs) It says, A person has to be thoroughly disgusted with the way things are to find the motivation to set out on the Christian way. As long as we think the next election might eliminate crime, and establish justice, or another scientific breakthrough might save the environment, or another pay raise might push us over the edge of anxiety into a life of tranquility, we are not likely to risk the arduous arduous uncertainties of the life of faith. A person has to get fed up with the ways of the world before he or she acquires an appetite for the world of grace. And it talks about Psalm one twenty and the song of of this person that's just sick of the lies and the and the hate and the crippling sin and the pain that either they've caused or the world is causing. It says it is not a mere outcry; it's pain that penetrates through despair and stimulates a new beginning, a journey to God that becomes a life of peace. And I just picture the extreme. Pain that Saul went through, being blinded and falling off his horse and being stopped dead in his tracks, that reached down into his soul and stimulated that new beginning. Or the extreme pain that Peter felt denying Jesus three times, and that shame that he probably felt, and that despair that stimulated this new stirring in him that caused humility and caused repentance and caused a new beginning with Jesus. More about repentance here. I'm going to quote from another page. It says, Repentance is a realization that what God wants from you and what you want from God are not going to be achieved by doing the same old things, thinking the same old thoughts. Repentance is a decision to follow Jesus Christ and become his pilgrim in the path of peace. So it's going on this journey of walking through life, not Pain free, Not even sin-free. You're free from the consequences of sin, but you're on this journey of if you fall, you get back up and you repent and you move on. And that heart work is there. Repentance is the catalytic agent for change. And the last one here, repentance, the first word in the Christian immig- immigration, sets us on the way to traveling in the light. It is a rejection that is also an acceptance a leaving that develops into an arriving, a no to the world that is a yes to God. So if you're struggling to really believe whether you yourself are different, are changed, are wholly transformed, or if you're just being hypocritical, go back to Psalm 51 and ask God to create in you a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within you and consider your repentance For your sin to be the end of something and the beginning of something else. A rejection to the world and an acceptance of God's grace. The complete 180 on that path from Saul to Paul. And because we cannot know someone else's heart, to truly know if they've repented, I would pray about that. For one, pay attention to their life. Do you See fruit? Are you starting to see fruit in their life? Do you notice a change in their behavior, in their habits, and their priorities? How are they spending their time and their energy? Are they investing in their relationship with God? Are they making an effort? Do you see that change? And if you're too hurt to acknowledge it to them and you're setting up healthy boundaries and God hasn't given you the go for reconciliation, keep praying. Keep praying for the Holy Spirit that's doing a work in them to keep going, to not give up. To, like in Hebrews, where it says to throw off anything that holds them back from finishing this race. Pray that over them. If God says to love your enemies and someone that you love has hurt you, and so therefore they are an enemy, pray for them. You're called to pray for them. And if it's you, keep going. If you've repented, mean it. Go the opposite direction and walk in the the freedom that you have after your Holy Spirit encounter as you continue to walk in humility and as you continue to be honest with God and yourself and your community, be open with them and allow that holy transformation to continue to change you and not walk in hypocrisy. So the last thing that the boys and I talked about in this lesson, of course we didn't get all that you know as deep as all of this but it was pretty cute to see their their comments and their um, reactions to it and the main question that I asked them was why did God allow this because my younger son likes to remind me well Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him why didn't he just stop him if he already knew that he was going to do that and so I posed the question to them why did God allow it why did he allow Peter to deny him he called Peter out and then he called him out of using his gift the way that he used to for his own good, where Peter gave the credit to God instead of himself, like I said before. Peter spoke with boldness and authority in himself before, but now he spoke with God's authority and used the same method that Jesus did with him. As Jesus told him three times, he told the, Isra- he told the people of Israel three times. And to me, that just says, whatever you go through and God has healed you from and allowed you to go through with this holy transformation, he's going to use that for his good. If it's someone that's hurt you and they've walked through this holy transformation, just wait, just watch. God's going to use what they did to transform them to help others in the same way. Just like I'm doing here. I've walked through some really dark times in my marriage. I've made mistakes. Why did God allow certain things like that to happen in my marriage? For this. To redeem it. To break me. To remold me. To reclaim me. So that I can be a vessel. Be a messenger. Help somebody else out in the same way. But giving all glory to God. And to continue to walk in holy transformation. Does it mean that I'm never hypocritical ever in anything that I say or do? No. (laughs) I'm far from perfect. But I'm so thankful. So, so thankful for what he's done and how he's healed me and transformed me. And I want to keep going in that direction. I want to keep going. I want to keep following and becoming more and more like Christ. I want to continue to be honest. I want to be humble. I want to keep experiencing the Holy Spirit and encountering Him in new ways. And I want to keep doing the hard work of heart work. I want to keep repenting and keep asking God to point out the areas in my life, the areas in my my mindset, my words, my actions to be transformed in the likeness of Him. And I pray the same thing over you and the same thing over someone that you love that maybe you need to walk in forgiveness with. I pray that this is a start for that that as you're wondering whether or not they mean it, lay that before the Lord and ask Him to help you see if it's honest and humble by the Holy Spirit and a deep heart work that He's done so that you can truly witness that miracle because it's amazing when God does that. You don't want to miss out on that just because you're holding or harboring bitterness, resentment, hurt, and pain. You want to see it. The people that stuck close to me and watched They got to see that transformation. Were there some that left? Yes. They didn't get to see that miracle. And maybe you watch from a distance. I'm not saying get right in there and get hurt again. But let God show you. Let God show you what he does with people. And if it's you, show it. Show it off, girl. Show what he has done in you. Give God the credit for the heart transformation, this holy transformation, and be so thankful that change really is possible. It is. You are not stuck. If someone comes to you and says once of this, always of this, mm-mm. not today, Satan. No, sir. If it's true, holy transformation. Nope. You don't have to receive that or claim it. You are reclaimed by Jesus Christ. That is that. Boom. Mic drop. All right. Thanks for listening in today, guys. Loads of love. Lydia. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.